0: And welcome to a special edition of the Football Fignuts podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig, and this week we are hitting week eight, which is kind of the midpoint of the season. So it's time for a mid season update. I am glad to be back. It is exciting. Um, I had two weeks off, and at some point I will bore you all with the details of my t- of my travels. But first, I start. It doesn't make a difference if a special episode or not. There's a glass in front of me. There that is Craig has procured. Craig, mm. what is this we're about to drink?
1: This is a beer by Elysium. It is mm. their pumpkin coffee stout.
0: A pumpkin coffee stout.
1: Yes. Wow. It is very dark. It Have looks you like tried coffee. this yet? No.
0: It's, it's not quite as creamy as stouts I, I'm used to. Craig's going to drink this first. But it is. It's very dark. The light penetration is very weak. And uh, it smells like a coffee, a pumpkin coffee. All right, Craig, what do you think?
1: You know what? I like pumpkin coffee. Yeah. That's what this tastes like. This tastes like an iced pumpkin coffee.
0: Well, that's going to be good. Now, I was telling you before the podcast started, I've had their Night Owl um, pumpkin ale, and it was okay. So I'm kind of hoping this uh, raises the bar even more. So here we go.
1: All right. He's sipping. He's sipping more. He's swishing like he's a sommelier. Sommelier, whatever. You know, people that know about wine. I
0: like that. He likes it. And I'm not a stout guy. Mikey likes it. I am not a stout guy, and I really, really like that. It's a little coffee, it's a little pumpkin, and it's yeah. all beer. What's the alcohol percentage on this? Do we check the bottle?
1: Uh, no, we can check that, though. And we'll it's probably
0: know. like 14%, and we're going to be dead before the end of this special episode. <laughs> special episode. <laughs> so, um, before we go any further, a special thanks to our good friend, uh, Cinch, who sat in, uh, became an official member of Fig Nation. Um, we will definitely be having him back again at some point when Craig or I need a week off. Um, I don't travel that much and why wasn't I here last week? Oh, that's right. I had to work. Yes. There is one night a year where we do a special training for the university of Bridgeport. And the only day you'd be asked for was the Wednesday night and just the scheduling. It just would not work out. So Cinch bailed me out on that, so I appreciate that. So here we are. We're going into week eight. Has anything worked out the way we thought it would at all? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. None. Uh, DFS has been an absolute nightmare to predict. Um, Season-long injuries after injuries after injury after injury. Though
1: I'm slightly on track about the Eagles.
0: Yeah, you know, your prediction there, they're the only team with one loss. But i got to be honest with you, they haven't looked spectacular to me. The games I've watched, they look good enough to get the job done. But Alshon Jeffrey does not look like a number one receiver. Nelson no. Aguilar like flips a coin on every play as to whether or not he's going to try and catch the ball. Zach Ertz really has been it. the big play, catch, the big playmaker, and and their running game has been surprisingly solid with the the, the double headed monster of Blunt and Smallwood, and that's really what's driven it. It's Carson Carson Wentz has really. Did I say that? Carson Wentz? Yes, Car- okay. that's who it is. I almost said Pete Wentz just now, and he's a singer, so that's where I got myself confused. Um, Carson Wentz has really been the driving force behind this offense. That and their defense has played better than expected. You know, uh, he looks oh, good.
1: I didn't realize how large he is.
0: He's a tall he's human huge. being,
1: so the fact that he's around giant offensive linemen yes. makes him seem like normal sized, but he is a large individual. And it's
0: adding into that belief now that you have to be at least like six, three to play quarterbacks so you can look over the offensive line. He's feeding into that. Belief. Well, Jeff, Blake 5'10". Jeff
1: Blake was five ten.
0: Jeff Blake was five. Jesus. <laughs> <Oy>.
1: <laughs> Jeff Blake, Frank Reich. Remember Frank Reich?
0: He's a quarterback coach somewhere, an offensive coordinator somewhere, isn't he? Is he? I think he might be in Buffalo. Oh. I'll have to look that up later. All right. So anyway, so, Let's talk about the, let's just, let's start with the NFL records because I have that printed out. Okay. Okay. So surprises, disappointments, because this is going to tie into the, and let's talk about it from a fantasy perspective too. So I'm going to read right down the columns, uh, in standing. So let's start in the AFC East, New England Patriots are five and two. That's pretty much where we expect them to be. I would have said between five and seven wins after seven games. That you know that's pretty yeah. much to be expected. What about their fantasy stuff? Have they performed as expected?
1: Uh probably Gronk and Brady have when Gronk's not.
0: Hogan's hurt. been a pleasant surprise, you know, yeah. in season long, he's still a little inconsistent. Um I guess the real the only thing that really hasn't panned out is anything on the ground game. So, you
1: yeah, know. Yeah, I really don't know who's their starting running back now.
0: I don't think they do either. Oh. So, okay. Buffalo has been a pleasant surprise at four and two. Tyrod Taylor has really emerged as a usable quarterback in both daily and season long. I don't know how, because he's not throwing the ball to Zay Jones, who's the only receiver there I can name. Um well Brandon Tate's there too, but Brandon yeah. Tate had no catches this week at all, which was killer for me because I had him in the article for uh week seven. So that was really disappointing. Um Buffalo, any any thoughts on Buffalo?
1: Uh, no they're probably better than i thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year
0: yeah absolutely uh uh, again also under the department of better than we thought the miami dolphins um
1: now without a quarterback
0: no now with a quarterback did you see what happened when when matt moore came in off the sideline no matt moore came in off the sideline and they cheered and jay cutler scowled and then they took jay cutler in the locker room and they cheered jay cutler leaving the field
1: that's sad yes but expected
0: it's 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 sad that we've gotten there. You had to talk this guy out of retirement and Matt Moore came into the game and he has and,
1: broken ribs now, doesn't he?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Color's going to be down for a while and I, I'm watching that game and they were down and Matt Moore just came in and we're like, yeah, all right here, come here, catch there this, run this, go, you go, you go there, you go there, everybody be careful, be very, very careful. And the next thing you know, they're beating the jets and the jets in of themselves until the last couple of weeks have been a pleasant surprise. They're three and four. No one expected the Jets to win this division.
1: No. And their defense looks pretty decent.
0: And there that's and, and that and Ish. Austin Safarian Jenkins are the only usable pieces for me on this team from a fantasy perspective. He's probably a top
1: 5 tight end now. He
0: is. Oh no, no. No, no. We're going to get into that at some point. We'll probably get to that to the the regular podcast during the week. He is. In season long, he is not in the top 5. I I did a, really? a yeah, I okay. ran some statistics that we will go over in our regular podcast later in the week. But, um, you know, that that was uh, he's he's definitely up there. He's his value has been creeping up in DFS um, and he hasn't been spectacular, but he's catching touchdowns every week. It's true. <laughs> and that a was a touchdown t- last week. What's that a week before? Yeah. And that one got taken away. I didn't even see that play until later. I was like, holy crow. And then I heard cinch say, yeah, that was a touchdown. I was like, oh, Patriot fan admitting it. So all right. So that's the AFC East, the North. I don't want to talk about Pittsburgh. The, the yeah, Pitts, I don't want to talk about Pittsburgh either. <laughs> the, the Pittsburgh Steelers used to be a very classy organization. I watched them beat the Chiefs and they were absolutely the better team on the field that day. But, and again, I haven't been here in a couple weeks. I know that was a couple weeks ago, so I haven't had, had a chance to complain about it. I watched that game, but just showboating and classless acting, you know, Darius Hayward Bay on one punt you know, ran over and marked the ball out of bounds as it went out of bounds on a punt. Like, oh, I've got this, I've got the spot, and then yelled at an official when an official marked it five yards further up the field in favor of the Chiefs and yelled at them. And then on the next play was absolutely shocked when the chief defender did not even hesitate to take a 15 yard penalty and level him off the line of scrimmage. <laughs> like, I mean it was like it was like it was like watching Rhino from the WWE It was just, yeah. It was a gore. Hit
1: Bob Holly and fall over.
0: Yes, yeah, and then got up and like was yelling, "Dude, you're you're you've got no class. You've got no class. Your organization has really happened." I I think I think Mike Tomlin is much more of a player's coach than um, his predecessors were, and I may say his predecessors going back beyond all the way back like to Knoll and beyond there. Um, They're not disciplinarians, in my opinion. They. You know, they do when you cross them, when you upset them, which is what we're seeing now with Martavius Bryant. But... as yeah, And
1: Rouseberger is like, he just doesn't care anymore.
0: No, and now I'm hearing reports that they had to talk him out of retirement. He was ready to retire at the end of last season.
1: Oh, so he no was, wonder he's cranky.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, and I, those are unsubstantiated, by the right. way. But that's what I'm hearing, is that he wanted to retire. He was done. He was ready to call it a career. He had to come back. You know, I, and the worst part is the Steelers have some excellent pieces. Somehow Antonio Brown... Is doing fantastically, even though he has no quarterback. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has having another great season. We're seeing the uh, emergence of this uh, rookie Juju Smith-Schuster. Really, really great pieces. But I, I can't, I can't like any of these guys because every time they're on TV, and granted, they did a lot of the stuff against my Chiefs, which also burns my biscuits. But you know, a lot of it is just in general. I can't, I don't approve of showboaters. I'll let NFL players take a knee seventy-five days out of the year if that's what they want to do before i'll support a guy who thinks that's okay to show up a ref like intentionally yeah. show up a ref so all right moving on from pittsburgh there's my pittsburgh rant that's been brewing for about three weeks folks That's okay but they are five and two um they are tied for the uh, best record in the afc so um and here's the problem no one else in their division has really stepped up to no. compete not so the Browns. let's just lump the rest of this division together. Baltimore at three and four, Cincy at two and four, and the Browns at oh and seven. Anybody on any of these teams that you feel comfortable using in DFS, except in an extreme matchup?
1: Um, No one on the Browns.
0: On offense anyway. Yeah, anyway, I agree. Um, AJ Green. What maybe? happened this week? <clears throat>
1: um, Same thing. It always happens. They, you know, they screw up a couple plays, they all get mad at themselves or each other, and then they play like crap.
0: But A.J. Green has owned the Steelers, like, the last four times out. Like, this was his worst performance against the Steelers since, like, 2014.
1: It's, and as bad as this sounds, uh, I think it's time to give A.J. a shot.
0: Uh, oh, oh, make a quarterback change.
1: Yeah, I think something, something there has to—now, I'm not anti-Dalton, but— I You're think, just frustrated with I the results. I think something just needs to, like, change in their offense. Because they changed offensive coordinator. They went out and looked like the Bengals from two years ago. Right. And then last week happened. So, like, something is still amiss. And I think they just need to change quarterback. Even for a game, half a game. Like, I think they should have took him out of the Pittsburgh well, game.
0: I have yeah. I have the remedy to what ails you. Yep. You guys are at home against the Colts this All week. Right. So and again that we'll review that in the regular podcast. So all right, let's move on to another group of individuals that no one should be using on a regular basis, the AFC South. Jacksonville and Tennessee are both full 4 and 3. Blake are Bortles you off the
1: Jacksonville train.
0: Well, as long as Leonard Fournette's hurt, yes, because I'm one of the guys who started screaming "Start Chris Ivory, start Chris Ivory" and then somehow TJ Yeldon like I just imagine he was bagging groceries somewhere and like they activated some sort of bat signal and he came running across town because he was the primary carrier there. I saw Chris Ivory ownership in DFS this week as high as 60% in some pools. That's crazy. That's crazy. Their defense is still
1: good.
0: Their defense is all right. Um, Blake Bortles is a DFS play under the right matchups. He was fantastic this week, um, but I can't trust him in season long. There's no one really here I trust in season long except maybe... I trust Deshaun Watson in Houston, but I don't know how long and I'm gonna be able hurt. to do that. He got hurt?
1: Oh no, I'm thinking of Tampa Bay.
0: Oh, oh, Winston. 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 And he played through it and he says he feels fine. So he's he's another one. Um but I looked at our season long numbers. He's the fourth highest in our season, our home league. Oh. The fourth highest quarterback right really? now, Deshaun Watson, because he's had those big games. Now, granted, one of them was against Cleveland. Everybody has a big game against Cleveland, but he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. There is nobody worth watching in Indy. I am a big Frank Gore guy, but he needs, particularly in DFS, his value has to drop underneath 4K for him to be used. He is every week, he's either under five points or between, between 10 and 11 so if he's got a you need it you can't buy him unless he's 3700 or less and he's been like 4100 for like a month. I I pushed him hard in the week 7 right up and it was a mistake. So okay, so Craig, Jacksonville, right. Tennessee, Houston, Indianapolis. You're just uh, smirking like you want defense. to say something good but you can't.
1: Yeah. Jacksonville's defense, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's On it. On a regular basis. Now, meanwhile, the AFC West has become the old wild, wild west.
1: I've seen that.
0: My Chiefs are five and two. Yep. They have a plethora of options. Alex Smith is supposedly in a um, candidate for MVP. That blows my mind. And I did hear Cinch on our podcast last week talk about how I just need to stop and accept the Chiefs as the real deal. (laughs) And I, of course, proof listened to that half an hour before the Chiefs went out there and could not stop the Oakland Raiders.
1: I don't think anyone thought the Raiders were going to do that. I don't think the Raiders thought they were
0: going to do that. And and you know what the worst part was, and this is what really burned me about that game, was the untimed downs at the end of it. I presume you saw how that game ended. Yeah. Okay. Michael Crabtree got called for pushing off from like the three-yard line with like 15 or 20 seconds to go on a play that was like, oh, you're in my way and I'm extending my arm and you just happen to be there. Should never have been called. The play he scored the touchdown on... He basically grabbed the guy, pulled him close, and went, get out of my way, son, and threw him across the football field, and there was no flag. It was no flag. You cannot call a ticky-tack pass interference call 30 seconds earlier and then ignore when he basically body slams the defender. And the defender got up and started making the pass interference motion, and the referee's were already halfway to the locker room. They were talking about what kind of pizza toppings they were in order. Yep. That drove me nuts. It, it, the officiating has been terrible. We could do an entire podcast on how bad we officiating could. has been.
1: The NFL, the NFL needs full time refs. They're getting them. Are they officially? They're, yes. All of them? Or Are they going to have like three? They're
0: going. Nope. They're going to. They're starting the transition. I think next year. And the reason that it's a transition is because they want to give the existing referees an opportunity to make a decision as whether or not they wish to continue. Now, I think it's starting with just people who are level referee, and then eventually it's going to become everybody. But instead of a referee who's an accountant Monday through Friday, getting on a plane Saturday, officiating Sunday, flying home Sunday night, resume accounting, it's going to be a guy who flies to a site, officiates a game, flies back to NFL headquarters, and is given feedback directly about where his team screwed up. That's way overdue. It's so overdue. They're the only major sport that does not have full-time officials. I don't get it. NASCAR has full-time officials. And now, granted, I understand the NASCAR week isn't as simple because car inspections happen before and after races, and there's yeah. a lot of details and stuff like that. You need to have full-time officials. It's just, it's stupid. So, the Chiefs have a lot of options I like. I like Alex Smith under the right circumstances. I've been s- thrilled with Kareem Hunt. His DFS value is through the roof, and I don't like that. But uh, he's usable in certain formats in certain situations. Tyreek Hill has been a pleasant surprise, but again, formatting... Um, Denver's offense has been really disappointing. What happened? They Trevor started Simeon off so happened.
1: good and then it just kind of went bleh.
0: There is nobody on that offense I trust on a day-to-day Denver basis. Denver always has a
1: good running back.
0: The problem is they have 3 and they don't know which one to use. They need to pick one. And that's the same problem I think your Bengals have. Your Bengals it is. need they to They
1: should they really should trade Hill at this point.
0: You should just release Hill.
1: I I think he's still tradable.
0: I I don't even I don't I wouldn't even waste my time with it. I really wouldn't. But you know, but they Cincinnati needs to walk into a room and say, Mixon, you're the starting running back. Bernard and Hill, you're backing him up, and be done with it. And you don't feel like that's happening, you no, know? That's
1: definitely not happening.
0: And it's not like New Orleans where you had Ingram, Kamara, and Peterson, where Ingram was like, "I'm the starting running back," but I know Kamara is going to get about fifty percent of the carry. And Kamara was like, "Hey, I'm the future. Ingram's going to retire in three or four years. It could be my show." And Adrian Peterson was like, "Would someone please trade me?" <laughs> it's <laughs> not happened. like that. It's if you, I think, if you put the three of them in the room, meeting, you know, Bernard Hill and Mixon, and say, "Who's the most important running back on this team?" They would all say me. And that's an issue. Yeah, that is definitely. an issue. Oh well, yeah, well Mixon's getting all the carries because he's younger, but I'm the one who's averaging four point five yards per carry. So I'm the one they're I'm relying the line catches. I'm the one who catches the ball. Mixon can't catch the ball out of the backfield like I can. I'm the one who's elusive. No, no. Mixon, they, they, since he needs to just stand up and say, this is our starter. You guys are all backups. You can call it a running back by committee if you want, but this is the way we're going. So Denver's a mess. Chargers are a mess still. Every time I think Melvin Gordon is usable, he lays an egg.
1: Depends on the day.
0: Depends on the day. So I'm not thrilled with him either and i'm not thrilled with anyone on the chargers offense because i don't know who's Remember gonna catch Antonio the ball. Gates. yes hunter henry he might be the one person that's usable yeah he might be the one person although i advised someone to bench him this week in favor of um engram from the giants and it turned out to be wrong but i that's still would have gone that route yes i, I would have gone that route either way i would have gone that route either way and then there's oakland oakland at three and four again another offense that we don't know what the hell's going on there Sometimes they look world beaters. Car definitely
1: looked healthier.
0: He looked healthier. Yes, he did. Um, and, and I'm hoping he's going to be healthy. I did cut him in our home league, so he's out there on the waiver wire. I'm, nice,
1: because I'm, I have someone now who has a broken arm.
0: Yeah, so I put in a waiver request, and I bid high. I'm warning you I right now. I left. put a lot of, well, you know what? Maybe I should put more money on it just to be safe then. I can go home and do that tonight. Anyway, um, <laughs> because I, I, I have Trevor Simeon. I've got Simeon Goff and Tyrod Taylor cars an upgrade against all of those. Although Taylor was really solid for me this week and Goff was plus 20 in our format too. But so uh, Oakland is again, same thing. Amari Cooper is week to week. He's in an Nelson Aguilar. That's
1: never going to happen again this year.
0: And he drops a lot of passes. It's inexplicable how many passes he drops. Um, so, but we'll see, we'll see. Where are they this week? I'm looking at the schedule. Raiders are at the bills. Good luck with that. Good luck boys. That's Is a it better cold defense. in Buffalo
1: yet? Because it's not cold here.
0: But you're flying cross-country. Don't care. You're flying cross-country to the Somebody, middle of nowhere.
1: I forgot what team it was. Like a West Coast team has a really good record this year playing on the East Coast.
0: But that doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't happen
1: a lot, but I I forgot who it was.
0: Well, the Chiefs won in New England.
1: That's all that matters. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <I'm> going, <laughs> That's all right. You're not going to win another game. You're going to go 5-11, but you won in New England. So all right so on to the NFC the NFC East is to me what the AFC East is as long as you throw the Giants out the yeah so Giants much my
1: dollar coffees this week
0: yes yeah, seriously right where the hell what the hell I cannot get a dollar coffee and they the week they both win I'm in freaking Philadelphia yep. I'm on vacation do you know what you get for the Giants winning a game when you're in Philadelphia nothing nothing absolutely nothing and they don't even offer the deal there.
1: No, it's only in this area. If you go in Upper Connecticut, it's New England.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's not even if the Eagles win, you get the dollar coffee. They don't do it. The Dunkin' Donuts. Are there
1: Dunkin' Donuts in Philadelphia? Oh, there
0: are several. Just like here. I pass like four or five every day on my way to various things. Big signs in the windows. Game day special. If the Eagles are playing, it's a $1 medium coffee. Period. Not if the Eagles win. Because they know the Eagles are going to win more games than they lose, so they just suck it up and say, "Okay, dollar medium coffee."
1: When they start, when Dunkin' Donuts started this, does it get sidetracked? They did it for the Yankees, but they did it for three months. I don't think Dunkin' Donuts realized how many baseball games.
0: Yeah, are there are <laughs> when they did it for football the first time they wanted to do a joke with the word quarterback, so They charged twenty five cents. It was any time New York won a game, you got a 25-cent coffee. And I remember every time I went to Dunkin', the people were like, there's something wrong with my register. It's only charging him a quarter. Yeah, it's your freaking stupid promotion. Anyway. (laughs) All right, so we're going to throw the Giants out. That leaves us with Philly, Dallas, and Washington. Uh, You were big on Philly.
1: I was big on Philly in general this year. Dallas
0: and Washington are both 3-3. and Which one are you psyched about, shocked by? And
1: now there's still the mystery of which Kirk Cousins shows up. He was good last night. There's the mystery of when is Ezekiel going to get suspended? Is he going to get suspended? He was suspended, then he wasn't. Now he is, then he isn't.
0: I'm done predicting this because the court battle has become so legalese, I can't even understand where it's going at this point. I just don't understand, so I'm just going to stay out of it. And he's, he's, again, he's week to week. I'm all for that. He is week to week. But there's great options on all of them. All of these teams... Philadelphia's running backs, you don't know who it's going to be week to week. It could be blunt, could be small, but could be neither. But all three quarterbacks are usable in the right circumstances. All three have wide receivers you can use, except Philadelphia, you don't know who it's going to be. It's got to be Ertz.
1: So, it's at least Ertz
0: yeah, but I most mean, of the time. But the other a,
1: two, who knows?
0: From a DFS perspective, I don't know which one to use.
1: No, you can't really. Again, season unless you're playing the Browns, I don't well, know. Yeah.
0: In my season long... CBS Sports has been screaming at me to start Alshon Jeffrey over Chris Hogan for the last month. And I keep telling it no. Yeah. And I've yet to be wrong. Even that week that Hogan only had like three points, Jeffrey had one catch for 10 and he was plus two. Well, so, this
1: week uh, it wanted me to start uh, Delmarco Murray over McCaffrey. Like, no.
0: Who's Carolina playing? They're on the road at the Bucks. Eh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Who are the Titans playing?
1: I don't know. I have a running back problem in our league.
0: I I can help you there. I can trade you Joe Mixon, but it's going to cost you a decent quarterback. (laughs) That's where where I'm weak. I'm weak in quarterback and tight end. All right. So anyway, the NFC East has a lot of good options. The NFC North, Aaron Rodgers is dead.
1: Aaron Rodgers is dead, but there's another Aaron that everyone should pick up if they don't have it already.
0: Aaron Jones has to be owned in like virtually every situation uh, now, on right?
1: CBS, he is owned in ninety-three percent of leagues and he's only twenty percent started.
0: So those other seven percent have to be people who are asleep or don't allow waivers, right? I mean, that's the only way that makes or
1: sense. Or they have, you know, Le'Veon Bell and Gurley. There's
0: six team leagues, yeah. Yeah. There's six teams. Um so in the in the NFC North, of the four guys who started at quarterback on opening day, the only one still standing is Matt Stafford. Yes. Because Sam Bradford is dead. Aaron Rodgers is dead. And Mitch Trubisky is probably the third best quarterback in Chicago history with 12 pass attempts. How did Chicago score? How did they win last week? My God, was Carolina bad? Wow.
1: Yeah, they. I don't know how the Bears won yet.
0: How did this team win fifteen games two years ago? How the uh, Panthers? I'm talking about how?
1: Oh. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Cam Newton good. wasn't wasn't insulting reporters. Maybe yeah.
0: the NFC South is a little bit interesting. Atlanta's at three and three. New Orleans is leading the division at four and two. Carolina's four and three, and Tampa Bay is two and four. Aside from Jameis Winston, I don't really want to use Mike Evans. Um, aside from those two, I don't want to use anybody on Tampa. I absolutely don't want to touch Carolina. Carolina is a tire fire to me right now. It's sad, but I think Ron Rivera is going to end up losing his job at the end of the season. I can see that. And New Orleans is all about matchup and location. Yes. And this week, two weeks ago, I pitched the New Orleans double stack or mega stack. I used Drew Brees, Mm -hmm. Mark Ingram, Mm -hmm. Alvin Kamara, Mm -hmm. and Michael Thomas all in the same DFS lineup. And it cashed because yeah, well, in and Kamara went did, nuts.
1: He actually did pretty good. Who's I mean, that? Uh, Breeze. They were in Green Bay.
0: Yeah. Well, this last week, yeah. But this week they're at home, which should be like, yes, absolutely use them against the Bears. The Bears defense kind of shut down Carolina.
1: Yeah, but that's Cam Newton. Yeah, it's not yeah. Drew Brees. That's
0: true.
1: Drew Brees is going to throw fifty-five times in this game.
0: Do I do I trust it enough to do another mega stack? Do I put that out? Seems
1: to be the trend. Do I put Doing out the big two four or three players from one offense? Seems to be.
0: Right, and, 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 and so full disclosure too about the Saints. One of the lineups I used this weekend, I was literally driving home from work Saturday night, and I was listening to I think it was Roster Watch, and they have a guy they call the Robot, and this guy is all numbers. If the numbers told him to start you tomorrow, he would put you in every lineup he puts onto a computer. All and right. his And he was screaming that the computer was telling him, start Ted Ginn in every format. Okay. Ted Ginn is going to have a massive day for the Saints. So when I got home, I mm-hmm. said, what the hell not? Yep. And I threw together a lineup based on what I heard on the radio. Mm-hmm. And Ted Ginn went off. And when I say, again, he didn't like a touchdown. I think he scored like 14, 15 points, but he has salary of like 3,300. Right. So he hits 4x value. And by using Ted Ginn, I'm able to plug in both Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott into this lineup because I used crap wideouts based on this computer guy. And Ted Ginn was amazing. So now here's the question. Okay, let's presume I'm going to do the New Orleans mega stack this year, this Mm -hmm. week up to four saints who am i putting in my dfs lineup just take salary out of the equation what four saints do i can i use what three and what what's my fourth option
1: breeze ingram kamara uh wow who the hell is their main wide receiver michael thomas thank you
0: which is what the mega stack was two weeks ago so i don't so i'm gonna have to pay up for breeze yep ingram refuses to get major love on dk I think DraftKings has him at like seventy nine hundred. Meanwhile, Ezekiel Elliott's like eighty seven hundred, and like Lev Bell's ninety one hundred. So Camaro's is probably around four grand. I might have to use Ted Ginn instead of Michael Thomas just to make sure I can afford the lineup. But, but you like you like the Saints at home against the Bears. You're not worried about the Bears' defense,
1: no. Not and, against Drew Brees at home in the dome.
0: All right, and we'll get into that later in the week too. So. We'll talk more about that. Where the hell are we on this list? I flew through that coffee stout, and now I'm paying for it. Okay, the NFC West. Mess. The only thing that is really playing out the way we thought it was was San Francisco at 0-7. The yes. Rams are 5-2. and two. I'm going to say that again. The Los Angeles Rams have five wins and two losses. They are already two and one in a division, and they have yet to lose on the road. Where are the Rams this week? Are they are off they this off? week? I think they're off this week. Sorry this about week. that. Um, the Rams have been a pleasant surprise. Robert Woods mm-hmm. is starting to show potential. Sammy Watkins is pulling a lot of extra heat, heat which is loosening up everybody else. Um, that's Cooper Cup's team, right? Yes. Okay, so Cooper Cup is seeing looks at a time. Robert Woods has been getting steadily better points in DFS. And of course, you know, Todd Gurley is Todd Gurley. He's been, he's been really, he has had a bounce back year. He has, is Todd Gurley, the new Doug Martin in that you can only use him in odd numbered years. Is that what this is? I think so. He's been fantastic, but his price has really escalated in DFS as well. So that's another big issue. So Seattle, you hate Doug Baldwin, but Doug Baldwin has been good the last two or three weeks. But this is what Doug Baldwin does. He has two or three really good games. And then
1: the next f- four or five weeks, he's going to score like seven points. Or,
0: or less. One catch for three yards. One catch yeah. for three yards and a touchdown. Ooh, he's plus five. But yep. he's a touchdown. <laughs> You've got to use him. He's scarring touchdowns. No. No. Well, not. A guy who gets 60 yards is better than a guy who catches one touchdown at the two-yard line. It's just math. Come on, people. Wake up. It's math. Arizona's done, right?
1: Yeah, they really... Well, now that... I don't even know who their backup is.
0: Their quarterback?
1: Yeah. Now that Palmer's out probably the rest of the season, this probably ended his career, I'm going to guess.
0: He says he'll be back before the end of the year.
1: Oh, all right. But now uh, Larry Fitzgerald's value goes down significantly.
0: Oh, it it plummets. But
1: does this increase Peterson's?
0: No. Next question. He's not going to
1: run for 135 yards again.
0: Nope. Well, he might, but if I'm where are the Cardinals off this week? Where are the Cardinals this week? I'm looking at the Cardinals schedule. Are off this, week. they're off this week. Okay, so that's good because they need the rest. They need this week to get whoever the backup there is. Now, I'm drawing a blank on it. I want to say Drew Stanton, and I know that's completely false, but um, they need this week to get uh, whoever it is acclimated so that they can try to make something out of this. Because if you think about it. The the division's probably gonna go to the Rams. They're five More and two. Likely. They're healthy, they are playing the really well. That's you know, Seattle is four and two, but their offense is wiki at best, and San Francisco isn't even in the conversation. So Arizona's gotta think if they can rattle off seven or eight wins to end the season, maybe go ten and six if they can go seven and two down the stretch, which is is not easy to do, granted. But even if you got six wins, that puts you at nine wins overall. You have a shot, you know, hmm. or do you just shut it down? I mean, that's possible, too. I mean, that's why I sense Indiana Indianapolis is getting ready to do
1: just give up on this year.
0: Yes, I think the Colts absolutely should. I think they absolutely should. It is it, Andrew Luck is not going to Andrew Luck may or may not play this year.
1: He shouldn't. I don't think he should.
0: What is the point. what is the benefit to putting him out there at this point? None. What is the benefit? I mean, you're already 2-5. and five. Jacksonville is way better than people thought. Tennessee and Houston are both better than you are. Even if they're not good, they're better than you are. You know? I mean, if I'm then, I'm just grateful I'm in the same conference as Cleveland and the Jets. <laughs> because there's a chance I, I don't finish with the absolute worst record. So... All right, so that's, my, that's my, my review of the different teams. So let's, uh, let's move on to the next topic, which is just pleasant surprises. So we didn't because we're doing a special episode here, we're doing this midseason reset. There's no burning hot take questions. I've got a long list of them for you, by the oh, way, good. for the regular yeah. one this year or this week, rather. Um, pleasant surprises, NFL players who just came out of nowhere, not someone we predicted, but someone you're just like, wow, that guy had a really good first half. Who you got? Top of your head?
1: Top of my head, for me, because he's on my team, because I picked him up, was probably Kamara.
0: Yes, Alvin Kamara has been, and people said he was going to be good. I just don't think people thought he was going to be good this quickly. No, you can and tell he's
1: the future of their.
0: Oh running. no, question, no question. I, am just gonna, I'm gonna expand upon that for my answer, and just say the rookie running backs in general. Mixon has progressed faster than expected. Kamara has been good. I know you've been frustrated with McCaffrey, but he's shown real kind of like brilliant moments. I think that this, this, and and this is something I said in the preseason, this running back class was not going to be as good as the last couple years where everyone was like, Oh my God, this guy's the next Zeke Elliott. No, but they are really solid. And I think you're going to see, you're definitely going to see Mixon McCaffrey and Kamara in probably the top 20 overall uh, top 20 running backs. Anyway, next year, Um, maybe even some of them in the top 10. So I think that's a great biggest disappointment.
1: Biggest disappointment.
0: I'll go first while you ponder this Cam yep. Newton. I thought for sure Cam was going to have at least something of a bounce back. And it's, you know, I was listening to John Hansen this week. And at one point, John Hansen was like, I talked up uh, Cam Newton and I talked about how good he was going to be and how great he was going to come back. And then there's weeks where I'm like, yes, I was right. And then, oh, next week I was wrong. Oh, wait, wait, wait. He's back. Cam is back. Oh, no, he's no. not. Oh. We don't. There, The consistency there is terrible. So Cam Newton gets my kind of disappointing player of the uh, first half. So what do you got?
1: Uh, for me, it would have to be uh, the Bengals as a whole.
0: Is that the whole team?
1: The whole team. It's like watching them in the 90s again.
0: It's the pieces are there. It's like going to Ikea, unloading the box, and knowing you have everything you need to make the bookshelf and not being able to make the bookshelf.
1: And there's no instructions.
0: That's it. That's it. There's just no instructions. So, all right. So those are our biggest surprises and biggest disappointments of the first half. What player, and this was a user, submit. this is a, a listener submitted question. All right. I don't remember which listener because I just piled everything into a big long list. Perfect. Who was big in the first half that peters off in the second half? Who comes back to normal in the second half from a fantasy perspective?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know. Hmm. You have an answer? I might have put it. Um
0: one. no, I don't.
1: Wow. So someone who's good.
0: Someone now who has who's had a great first eat. half. Yep. Who comes back to earth in the second half. And oh yeah, Leonard Fournette. When we were talking about rookie running backs, I totally forgot oh, about Leonard yeah. Fournette. And Kareem Hunt. How could I forget about the two of them? <laughs> oh, my God. They're the two best running backs in that class. Oh, my goodness. This is what happened to take a couple weeks off, kids. All right. Well, the easy one for me is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins right now is, um, at least it was after Sunday night, the number five wide out in total points in a PPR format. And I just think he's going to come back to earth a great deal. Uh, mm-hmm. There's more targets there than people think of. And Watson can be great without Hopkins, unlike some places where, you know, Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson definitely needs Rodgers to be great. And to some extent, Rodgers has always needed a primary receiver to throw to. Um, I think Watson can be great without DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm going to say DeAndre Hopkins is the one who comes back to earth a little bit. All right. What about you? Uh,
1: Well, if he comes back, because um, if he comes back with his broken arm, Palmer is not going to be what he was the last the first five weeks of the season. Agreed. He was throwing over three hundred yards every week, I think, except one. Right. And he's not gonna. He's not gonna come. At least it was. I know it wasn't his throwing arm because I think it was his left arm. Mm-hmm. No, it's his non throwing
0: arm. Yeah, you're correct.
1: He's not gonna come back
0: from that. There you go. There you go. So um, you could also throw out there. I'll probably uh, you know the entire Julio Jones has been very disappointing. Okay, so that, that, that's where I'm going to go with this next one. Mm-hmm. Guys who were bad in the first half, they're going to be better in the second half. Julio Jones on that list for me. Uh, I think Matt Ryan is going to see some improvement. Mm-hmm. Who has not been great that you expect to have a better second half this season?
1: Even though I don't think they're going to do it again at, at that same level, but I think David Carr and the Raiders are going to start to be the team they thought they were going to be.
0: And Craig's phone spontaneously plays an ad because it Perfect. hates the Raiders. So that'll be good luck editing that one out. Um, the, the Raiders worry me. Uh, what did I have them? Where's where the hell's my Stanix? I don't know. This is why I can't put notes away before I'm done with them. That's the NFC. Nope. Oh, Raiders don't play in next NFC. List. That uh, list. Oakland is three and four. Oakland is three and four. They're one and two in the division. Really. Their only division wins against Kansas City? Mm -hmm. Really? That's going to be key. Because I do think Oakland is going to come back, and that divisional loss could come back to haunt my Chiefs. Um, Yeah. I think... uh, And Denver, by the way, great job blowing a major opportunity to move into a virtual tie for first place with the Chiefs. Could not score a point against the Chargers. No. Could not score. And the Chargers, I don't think, are for real. I think the Chargers are going to drop off. They're done. I think they're 3-4. and
1: They're just not the same
0: team. I heard one pundit this week say it's a matter of time before they move back to San Diego.
1: Probably. Matter are of time. they still playing in like a in a high school stadium.
0: Are they Are they? Where I are they know. playing in LA? I have no idea. I thought they were sharing the home of the Raiders, the Rams, aren't they sharing the space with the Rams? Are they? Are they in the Coliseum? I don't know. Is the Coliseum even still out, on the out there? I don't know. I have no idea. See, that's it. That's how how non ish the Chargers have been. We don't even care where they play.
1: No, I don't think Anyone really cares. We don't
0: know. We don't care. You know? Who are the Chargers got this week?
1: Who are the Chargers got this week? Um, the Patriots.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's
1: not gonna have to be a thing.
0: Yeah, no, we'll talk about that during the regular podcast. So <laughs> So anyway, so that's so season long, you know, DFS wise. I've been playing a lot more matchups the last couple of weeks. I've cashed the last two weeks. While I've been gone, I've cashed every week, which is great. Um, my article has not been spectacular. This week, I just published today that uh, only five of my 12 picks ended up being making value. Um, and we're going to talk a lot during the weekly episode this week about where we are in terms of value percentages and where to target. But uh, this year, I find that the metric works best in a matchup base. Um What's nice is that once I get a couple weeks into the season, I can start adding in value chances. So this guy's made value two of his last five attempts. This guy's made value five of his last seven attempts. This guy hasn't made value in a month. Things of that nature start factoring in and you start to figure out, okay, where is that number got to be? You know, Kareem Hunt has not been made, has not made value for four straight weeks. You know why? Because his salary went from like $6,100. So like 6, to like 6,700 to 8,100, 8,400, 8,200, those jumps matter. And that's the problem. So, I mean, when you're looking for value players, that really factors in. So I think for the first half of this year, what we really learned is that teams are spreading the ball a lot more. It's a lot harder to predict that guy who's going to have the, the big bang play. People are focusing in DFS on injury replacements like Chris Ivory. Like, uh, what is his name? Brett Hundley, the guy in um, Green Bay. Mm -hmm. He was high-owned this week, and he was not tremendous. People are really focusing on cheap replacements because they are looking at the chalk to save them. And the only way to afford people like Bell and Elliott and Brown is to really use that quarterback who's really cheap or that tight end who's really cheap. So I expect the numbers to kind of normalize out a little bit. But we're going to keep chugging along. Yeah. Every year we've done this um, privately. This is our first year podcasting it. But every year we've done this, our numbers have gotten more consistent as the season went on. The last True. two weeks, last week, I put in... I cashed in week seven with a lineup that scored 114 points. That's how bad and irregular the scores were. The week before when I was on vacation, my prime lineup scored 172 points. I looked once and I'm like, huh, all right, I'm making money this week. And I put it away because I knew I was going to make money off of it. So... Um, your thoughts on DFS this year, Craig? Complete mess. It is, isn't it?
1: Complete mess. It's All the years of playing fantasy. <clears throat> Excuse me. This has been the biggest year where like people have no idea who the hell to start.
0: The, None. The guru has done a segment the last three weeks called Sorry, where really? you get to call in and yell at him, You told me to start Melvin Gordon. And he just apologizes. That just goes to yeah. show oh, you. He
1: was, last week, he was really big on Cam Newton.
0: Oh, he was huge on Newton because Newton had that one good game. Newton is back. That's He's where like, I'm
1: putting Newton and all. He's like, I'm going to play Newton single, you know, single quarterback start.
0: But nope.
1: Nope. That did not work.
0: Nope. Did not work. And so that's where we are. And then that's the other thing, too. And that's why I always say in the article too, use predictions as a guideline. Trust your gut. If you have no idea who to start, look at predictions. If you're certain that you need to start Matt Moore, start Matt Moore. Don't question it. Don't let anybody ever talk you out of your decision. Be right, be wrong because. Unless it's the the Browns. Unless it's the Browns. Yeah, particularly if it's against the Browns, absolutely. Because here's the thing if you listen to us and then you waste $5 on a double up or $10 on a double up, we're not sending you a check. (laughs) I'm not sending you a check for $10. And with a note that says, sorry, I told you to use Julio Jones and he only caught two passes for 20. What's that?
1: Is a guru doing that?
0: No, no, none of us are. That's my whole point. None of the experts, none of us amateur prognosticators. You, yeah, he drops
1: like two, five grand a game.
0: Who's that? Guru. Does he really? Yeah. he. Does, but he likes, and or, you know what? Or he maybe likes, a little less, but
1: it's over a grand.
0: He likes me. He, like me, likes cash games. He does not like tournaments. And that, again, is what do you look for in cash game? You look for consistent play that's going to even out. You want to get to 150 points because it does not make a difference how high you finish just matters that you finish above the pay line. Everybody In cash games, everybody gets the same amount of money. In tournaments, you want that 200-point lineup because how high you finish depends on your payout. But he doesn't want to do that. He wants to put together a lineup that's going to score 150 points every single week, 160, 170 in high-scoring weeks, and just collect his money. That's where I come from, too. I come from that school, too. Of course, I don't have commas in my buy-ins. I think... They're decimal points. Decimal points. <laughs> Did you see, by the way... That DraftKings totally trolled the Atlanta Falcons this week. Really? Yes, they put up a pool that was twenty eight dollars and three cents to get in, called the Comeback Special, and oh. limited it to two thousand eight hundred and three entries. Which, if you don't know, folks, that was the was that the halftime score? Yeah, that was the halftime score in last year's Super Bowl. And and they totally just troll, and it filled in a heartbeat. It filled in a heartbeat because it was only twenty eight hundred people. So
1: that's crazy. Yeah, it was
0: good. It was good. Draft Kings did finally come to their senses and bring back the Sunday through Monday pool. Oh, good. You do not have to play Thursday night to play Sunday night anymore. For a while, they were doing Sunday. The Sunday only pool was the one o'clock and the four o'clock start and not the night game. This week on like Thursday or Friday, they put the Sunday through Monday pools back in, which is great because those Sunday night games have been really attractive looking this week, not so much Steelers at Lions, but it's good to have that option. So halfway through the season, if your season long is going well, congratulations. If you have trade questions, please let us know. We're happy to help out. If your season long is not going well, time to look at DFS, guys. Jump in and, and, and play a lineup. Come to our Look at our website, FignutsDFS.com, and we will post up uh, our picks every week. Um, Like I said, five out of the 12 people I recommended are value plays. I will not put up people who I don't think are make value. I don't put a lot of chalk on there. I put AJ Green up as my chalk play of the week this week, and I totally got burned on it because chalk plays don't normally make value. You still need to sprinkle them in, but it's a lot harder to identify that $4,000 running back than it is to say, well, do I want to start Lev Bell or Ezekiel Elliott? Who do I like more? You know that stuff already, guys, so I I don't go there. I'm looking to put value plays in place. So final thoughts as we wrap up what is just about the first half of the season we're a week early wow, but, already yeah but I mean yeah first it's half. it's there
1: goes by quick
0: it really does it really
1: does uh yeah just yeah, it's really the same thing you said before if you don't if your season long is doing horrible you can jump into DFS give it a try there's a lot of free games yes you can just play it just to play it and learn how, you know, just learn how the system works with the salary cap and everything.
0: There's a lot of sponsored games right now. Untuck it. They're a shirt company that makes shirts specifically for oh, you yes. to wear untuck. They did a fan duel promotion this week where it was you a free entry. A sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Untuck it. Please sponsor us. Send us a shirt. <laughs> I wear a three X. Craig wears sure. an XL. You know, send us a shirt. We'll 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 wear it. We'll talk about it on on the air and you can sponsor us. But I mean, I, I played in that pool just for, you know, because I could. And I got a coupon code afterwards. Hey, now that you've played in our game, why don't you come look at our site? Promos will happen like that, and they are free to try. So definitely take a look at that. And obviously, like I said, reach out to us. We're happy to help anytime we can. Um, I We will be back on Friday with our normal episode. In the meantime, you can look sometime on Thursday for my actual DFS picks for the week because I have not done any work yet uh, on that stuff. But I just got back from vacation, so, so sue me. And I've won the last two weeks, so I don't, I don't feel there a lot of go. pressure. So uh we'll see you on Friday. I am Britt. I'm Craig. It's good to be back with the Football Fig Nuts podcast. <laughs> <laughs>